Hello everyone, I'm The Touring, and I'd like to welcome you to my podcast, Lore of the Apocalypse. On this show, I'm going to explore the lore of Werewolf the Apocalypse. With version 5 of Werewolf and a couple of official video games all right around the corner, I thought it was a great time to refresh my memory on over two decades of lore while inviting others along for the ride. If you like what I'm doing or have any questions, feel free to hit me up on either Twitter or Patreon, both of which I'm the underscore Toring, and that's T-O-E-R-I-N-G. That's enough for me, let's get to it. Welcome back to the Fire Pup. You know the routine by now, so let's not waste a lot of time. Tonight we're covering the Fianna, and they have a lot to say. Unlike the other tribes that we've covered so far, the Fianna are perfectly content to lay claim to being the second child born of Wolf. That said, they claim loudly and proudly that it was the first Fianna that let out the very first howl, and thus introduced the passion and love of sound to the Garu. By doing so, they claim that he created the high tongue that all Garu used to communicate. It is from this first Fianna that all of the Garu and wolves in the world learn to howl and thus sing their love for Gaia's sister Luna. This song of joy, love, and the hunt was heard by the Fae, the spirits of land and dreams who had awakened and drew in with its emotion. The Fae came to them in a glimmer of moonbeams from the shadows of the deep woods in the sparkle of moonshine and from the magic inside mushrooms. They danced to the song and joined in with their own voices, inspiring even greater harmonies. As quickly as the Fae arrived, though, they were being pushed out as man expanded into their lands. As they fled, though, they beckoned to the second born of Wolf, and he, being so taken by their beauty, followed. As he left, he sang out with sadness, and Garu and Kinfolk answered with their own songs of loss and leave-taking. From those that replied, he took those with the strength of mind to face the change, the strength of body to defeat their opponents, and the strength of spirit to help enforce the Imperium and protect Gaia. With his new allies gathered, they followed their fey guides as a tribe across primordial Britain, leaving small clusters here and there before once more settling on the Isle of Erin that is known today as Ireland. Some say that along the way they spent some time in the Fey realms, breeding with the magical creatures there, and infusing the blood of the entire clan with the glamour those strange creatures hold within them. The Fey listened to their songs, and the Garu in turn listened to their words. It was here that they learned the power of names, and how knowing someone or something's name can give you power over them. They believe that when something is named, it grows in power and importance. A stream is just a trickle of water, but when it is named, it becomes a landmark for navigation or the inspiration for something else to be named after it. When you name something, you strengthen it and protect it from the worm, or so the Fianna claim. This link to names is what leads their members to assume three names throughout their lifetime. First is the name they are born with and used before the change, while the second is the name that he or she receives from her sept as part of the rite of passage. The third name, though, this one is special and secret, for it is given by the tribe's totem stag after that rite. 
This name is their true name, and it grants those that know it power over her, power which some would try to abuse. As time rolled on, the Fianna found that their beloved island of Erin began to grow crowded with humans and animals, causing food to become more and more scarce. This caused the Fianna to step up the imperium that they had always conducted to maintain the size of the human tribes upon the island. In addition to this, they began to promote battles between the tribes of their kinfolk, believing that these wars made them stronger. The other Garu tribes saw this and followed suit, purging their flocks as well in an effort to protect their mother Gaia. Yes, you heard that correctly. The Fianna started the Imperium, and are damned proud of it. In their eyes, the damage that the Weaver has done through his children, the humans, all the lives and land that they have taken, may have been prevented if it hadn't ended. They hold that many of the old tales of druids conducting bloody sacrifices were, in fact, Fianna conducting such killings in conjunction with witchy men and women that called themselves the Verbena. These humans believed that they gained power from these deaths, and the Fianna allowed them to join the Imperium with them. Through this spilling of blood, they not only limited the population, but renewed the land while granting the Verbena magical powers. Soon they were joined by the children of Raven, the pharaoh known as the Korax, and became quick allies as they shared many of the same kinfolk. They believed that they were living in blessed times with the children of Fae, Raven, and Wolf, all tied together by the strongest bonds of all, the ties of blood. The Fianna hold that of all the Garu, they are the most feared by the worm, for they easily repelled the beast of war when it attacked their strongholds with its monsters while simultaneously defending their spirits against the Eater of Souls. So strong was their opposition to the worm that it sent the Defiler. With its twisted cunning, it watched the Fianna and their alliances, plotting and waiting. It learned that the only force that could defeat them was they themselves. And so, it hatched a diabolical plan to turn their very kinfolk against them. So it is said that the worm created the Fomori from them, for they carried not only the blood of the Garu in their veins, but also that of fairy. We'll go into more detail on the Fomori later, but for now, just know that at their most basic level, they are humans who have been possessed by worm spirits called Banes. From the darkness, the Defiler whispered to the warriors among the kinfolk who desired the change, but were not chosen for it. To those who had been deemed weak and ugly, it promised beauty and strength. The Defiler went even further, though, and even afflicted the Fae, twisting some of their numbers against their cousins and allies. The Fomori War that followed was the greatest struggle the tribe had ever fought, so great that they nearly lost it. They fought not only the twisted beings of the Worm and Defiler, but their very family members, a heart-wrenching prospect it would have no wish to face. It is because of this that they claim to treat their third-breed children with such malice, for they believe that a weak body hides a weak heart, which is easily preyed upon by the worm. Eventually, though, the Fianna were able to defeat their leader and drive them from their lands. However, their struggle was not over yet. 
You see, while they had been busy fighting for their lives against the worm, they had failed to uphold the Impergium, and man had spread and advanced. Man and the weaver had been hard at work, as its webs separated the spirit from the world, and with it had gone the fay. The Fianna suddenly found themselves alone without their fay kin and allies. As the Impergium ended across the globe, and mankind spread out, so too did the Fianna. Traveling along with the Irish kinfolk, they fled to North America during the Potato Famine, fought in the Great Wars, and once more fought their own brothers and sisters during the Troubles in the 1970s. All along the way, they sang the song of both their tribes and Garu history, keeping that history alive. In the modern day, Tiana tend to be among the most extroverted Garu, rarely turning down an invitation to let their hair down and indulge in their favorite pleasures. Creativity through music or craft is encouraged and prized among their numbers, and they have created some of the most beautiful and fantastic treasures of the Garu nation. The Fiano are also hopeless romantics, falling for humans and Garu alike, leading to the inevitable birth of Garu on Garu children, who, as we discovered earlier, are treated very harshly. Their seps are ruled over by a Rai, who is advised by what they call a Council of Song, which is usually made up of Galliards and Theurges. While each Rai and Sept is independent, they usually at least acknowledge the leadership of a war leader of a more powerful Sept as their betters. This hierarchy climbs to the most important Sept in Tara, their ancestral homeland in Ireland, which is the seat of the Ard Rai, or High King. While the Ard Rai is nominally the leader of the entire tribe, this claim isn't really honored outside of Ireland. Below each Rai is a Tenesaste, the Rai's chosen successor, who is appointed with the blessing and approval of their Council of Song. If the Rai should ever fall, the Tenesaste, should she pass the test of the Council, immediately takes over and thus avoiding leadership conflicts in times of war. Strangely, this Tenesaste, or second, may in fact be the Rai of another smaller sept, leading to the potential for a cascade of leadership changes all at once. In the lower ranks of the septs, the Fianna are known for a culture of fostering, in which a young cub is put under the supervision of an older member of the sept to be taught everything that they know. This higher-ranking member is generally a blood relative, and it allows for family histories and stories to be carried down seamlessly through the ages. Another unique attribute of the tribe is their veneration of three virtues in addition to honor, glory, and wisdom. Among their packs and septs, hospitality, generosity, and bravery are nearly as important. The distinction that they proclaim sets them apart from the rest of the Garo nation. Through their moods aligned with the seasons, solstices, and equinoxes, they maintain and attempt to strengthen their ties to their long-lost fey allies, where moots among other tribes tend to be for handling sept business followed by a bit of recreation. The celebrations among the Fianda tend to be quite the opposite. Their tribal moots are first and foremost celebrations, with the nitty-gritty of boring business being conducted on the side. As for their totem stag, the master of the wild hunt, he is the representation of the wild masculine power of nature and associated with virility. An ancient totem stag is thought to be even older than the Garu themselves, and represents one of the fundamental aspects of light.
He taught the guard their affinity with nature and has perhaps instrumental in ending the Impergium. Stag will occasionally appear to lost Garu, leading them out of danger or aiding them in a crisis. In summation, the Fianna are the Galliards of Galliards. Strongly based on Celtic and European traditions, they are known for their passions. The pleasures of a life lived well, their skills and ferocity in battle only being matched by their music, stories, and knowledge of the lore of the Garu. They believe that they are second only to the children of Gaia for the number they call friends, and that only the Bonars have suffered more than they have. But I think that's quite enough talking for me for the night, so we'll end it here. Next time we get together, we'll talk about the Get of Fenris. But until then, tuck in, and don't let the worm bite. As for their totem stag, the master of the wild hunt, he is the representation of the wild masculine power of nature and associated with virility. An ancient totem stag is thought to be even older than the Garu themselves, and represents one of the fundamental aspects of light. He taught the Garu their affinity with nature and has perhaps instrumental in ending the Impergium. Stag will occasionally appear to lost Garu, leading them out of danger or aiding them in a crisis. That's it for this week's episode of Lore of the Apocalypse. If you have any comments or suggestions, reach out to me on either Twitter or Patreon by searching for the underscore toe ring. Thank you all for listening, but a very special thanks goes to my patrons, Bambi Parsons, The Primogen, and Alex M. Without your support, the battle for Gaia would have already been lost.